you're about to hear the recorded audio diaries of Michael Swain, Adam Ganser, and Abe Epperson, transmitted to you from another dimension through the wonder of podcast technology. Lost in the multiverse, they have to dig into a different piece of multiversal fiction each episode in the hopes of finally discovering a way back to their reality. How do they know this isn't their reality? Because one of them is being a real asshole. Will our heroes ever make it home, or will they inadvertently explore our obsession with multiverses, alternate timelines, and parallel worlds, and tie it all into a conversation about postmodern art, pop culture, and what it means to be a human right now? This is Escape from the Multicurse. Please. That's mine. Adam, you do yours. We're all going to do it. That's not bad. Please. That one. That yeah, is not set, good. Just the up lilt at the end made it sound a little more pathetic and like desperate. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. That's, that's the saddest I one. had that on you guys, <laughs> but none of us can do the. No. Not like the guy. Whose name no one knows, and I forget already, even though I looked it up, who played the titular character in the movie we're covering today. You know the premise, because Tom Ryman's voice explained it in the intro. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it, Adam. I refuse to do it anymore. No, I don't think you should. Yeah. I'm Michael Swaim. Uh, that's Adam Ganser. Yup. And we also got Abe Epperson here. Say hey. Hi. Yeah. Hi, I'm Abe. And on this yeah. show, we dive into... Movies that depict some kind of interconnected multiverse or intersecting realities. And today, you guessed it, it's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. A noir, which I know it Adam sure will is. enjoy. And I sure did. I do enjoy it. And a thing it, where a did. human kisses an animal, which I know he has a thing for. <laughs> yeah. It's something <laughs> yeah, for everybody. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So I'll just say right out the gate, I mean, Adam, you said you had some stuff to say about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I had way more than I thought, but I'll- okay. Start with just generally saying I love it. Yeah, yeah. It is thoroughly delightful uh, and maintains its magic to me. It, it is really a special movie, almost in the way Princess Bride is, or a, you know, a couple other just like wow that holds up in terms of how fucking delightful it is. And the older I've gotten, the more I've gotten into filmmaking. I only appreciate it more because at the time it was made, and we'll get into some of the specifics. The practical effects in this, uh, like the the concept that, hey, we're going to pull this off, was both a legal nightmare, which I think will be interesting to discuss IP-wise, oh, yeah. and uh, like a marvel of craftsmanship in terms of compositing the animation with the live action. What are your thoughts, Adam or Abe? Someone jump in. Well, like I don't want to. I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I, sure. I, my my impression it, it is better than I remember it being. I've I've never loved this movie because I Roger Rabbit actually as a character has always been a little irritating to me. Uh, but as a but that's fair. Now that I'm older, I actually kind of appreciate him a bit more. Uh, it's really fun. It's a fun movie, and it does have a lot more implications than almost any movie that I can recall watching. Like there's so many like tendrils of oh consequence yeah. spiraling out from this idea. Um, also, like uh, you know how there's like filmmakers that are like they belong to an era because they have the tone of that era. I feel mm. like that's Zemeckis in the '80s. It's a crazy time capsule. That's what I kind of yeah. meant. It's so specific of the well, time. And yeah. Zemeckis, and also to a lesser degree, um, 
the guy who did RoboCop, whose name flew right out of my head. Verhoeven? Yeah, Verhoeven. The Those two guys, Hoven. to me, like represent that kind of maniacal, gleeful thing that was in a lot of 80s movies. Those guys really, like, they really nailed it. And I think this movie is a great version of it, which is why it sort of holds up, because it feels like a time capsule. Um, I'll say mm. more about the multiverse piece of it momentarily. For but sure, Abe, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, I just want yeah. first blushes before we get on track. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I think you kind of mentioned it. There's a lot of technological marvels and impressive craft in a lot of movies. But this movie, with its uh, attention to detail and kind of meticulousness in its design, will go down in history as the movie that I first made it with a lady. Oh. Uh, it was the summer of 2002. And I had my friend Rachel Jorgensen over to my house while my parents were in Moraga, California, visiting with my aunt and uncle. And the last few weeks of my relationship with Rachel had become more flirtatious, culminating in a brief kiss two days before in the hallway uh, to the bathrooms of the local arcade slash um, skate rink. And while at my house, Rachel and I discussed what movie to watch while our youthful loins became excited with anticipation. <laughs> youthful loins. The okay. Godfather 2 galaxy quest and uh rachel hadn't seen who framed roger rabbit and after telling her oh you gotta see it it's great i pulled the vhs tape from its sleeve and proceeded to inject it in the player and within five minutes of the film's opening we we're pounding each other much like roger pounds his head <laughs> in the wall while being electrocuted not three minutes into the film and for these reasons who framed roger rabbit and this is is in a class of its own unique and perhaps unrivaled to this day because <laughs> no um, you rival got, that because you got your dick wet is that, yeah, is that, yeah. is that what you're All saying right. truly yeah. memorable film yeah sure. i would imagine sure um what did i watch while losing my virginity nothing in, i focused on losing my virginity <laughs> it's incredible that that's a connection we have to make i'm just wondering yeah. are we going to have to like get play by plays of what you were doing to like line up the time code of this movie. Like, you know what I mean, Abe? Like, or, or, or were you able to, that's what I was scrolling through it. the synopsis to try and yeah. keep you honest about whether it was truly uh -huh. five minutes in. Yeah. So we'll, we'll need to know like three minutes in when you came and what scene was on at that point. <laughs> three minutes uh -huh. in is like, still there's a baby on screen. Right. Abe. I'm yeah. disgusted by you, sir. Yeah. Uh, we were teens. On we were teens. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into format and shake that <laughs> off. What a cool fact that was. What a cool, cool fact. Uh, yeah. We'll learn more about each other and the multiverse as an artistic concept in mapping the multiverse. Yeah, the, or yeah, the multi the multi map. Like the multi What's, map. The funniest thing about this argument that we're always having about this is you and I have switched places. You are always doing the version I said we should do, no, and I'm always like no. the one you should do. Yes. I'm consistently I know what I believe. Well, or maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, but what I think in this present moment I've always consistently believed is that it, it's the what is the how does this movie use the concept of the multiverse? Because yes. that's what I'm interested that's in. That's right. Agreed. Okay, great. All yeah, right. Don't worry, great. Well, since I'm already ranting and it's quick, uh, I think the most interesting way this movie uses the multiverse now. Obviously, I mentioned legality and IP. Uh, one way is in a way that we've covered before, and that's why it's less interesting to me, which is the Avengers way. And it's interesting. I think it's an important movie in that way. This is the only movie ever, ever in the history of man 
to have a legally sanctioned by all sides with a contract <laughs> shot of Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse yep. uh, together. Yeah, it's and, cool. And uh, that's Avengers shit like so early on in terms of the what it took to make that happen. And I think that's interesting, but less interesting because Avengers also, like we've talked about it, but a way that this uses the multiverse that I don't think we've discussed yet that is an interesting screenplay trick to me is to arbitrarily change the stakes at any time. Because, of course, as people know, mm -hmm. the two universes we're dealing with are the cartoon universe and the human grounded reality universe. And it's even though, uh, well, they play with it and blur the line because that's the ultimate threat, right? Is dip, which represents the real stakes that normally exist in a grounded reality invading the Toon universe. But the status mm. quo before it gets upset is a reality where you're trying to do a movie that feels exciting, but kids won't get too scared. And I think it's kind of brilliant that it's like, you know, cartoons, no stakes. Everyone can get hit by an anvil and they're still fine. But it's a little tense because Bob Hoskins is real and he has a drinking problem, but it's not that dark. You know, like it's I think the movie really rides that line of being exciting romp in part because it has two lanes to play in. And it's almost like a classic straight man, zany man bit. I mean, it is, of course, it's the odd couple cop thing with Hoskins and Roger. But, I mean, the entire universes are that. Like, you rarely get a multiverse where there's only two, primarily. Although, as Adam said, a lot is implied. But anyway. Um, and one is one... Like, the entire Looney Tunes universe is I think you should leave guy, right? And right. the entire human world in this is the straight man going, Jesus Christ. Like, obviously, it's intentional that Bob Hoskins starts not liking tunes and not thinking it's funny, which makes it even funnier. That's how I think they use it. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, Abe, did it get you hard? Is that how <laughs> that, it works that, for did you? Did that argument stimulate did that you? <laughs> did the movie know is that how they use the multiverse to stroke well, I mean, your taint? Yeah, I think kind of to reflect what you're saying, the movie is truly stuck between two worlds, like the presentational, like you're saying, the Disney-style wholesome kids entertainment that tunes work in by day, and then like the dark underbelly of crime, drugs, sex, and that they work in by night. So it's like like most film noirs, which places into two different worlds, um, much like the world of a teenager between child innocence and depravity, possible, possibly in adult life. Uh, I felt that kind of loneliness before crossing the threshold with Rachel. Am I doing this right? Is this somehow hurting her? All the stories we'd been told about sex being wrong somehow uh, our whole lives in an attempt to keep us from it. What makes now a good time to have sex? I remember thinking. What uh, makes now a good time to talk about it? Yeah. Sorry, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. imagine Roger Rabbit found himself in an impossible situation where he felt threatened into submission sure. by the hegemony <laughs> that was the studio system. Kind of like and your having a friend hosts. like Bob Hoskins, who helped free him from that like self torture, probably felt a lot like how I felt when Rachel took my flower uh, and, you know, sweat collected across our pubescent bodies. <laughs> Did you know? First of all, when you, I don't know if I need that kind of detail. Do you know my <laughs> my adopted sister's name is Jorgensen? Is this an attack on me? Yeah. Is the, was no, that's yeah. probably just, just that's probably probably just a, a coincidence. <laughs> probably just a coincidence. I enjoy the vividness with which you recollect this. 
uh, yeah. this circumstance. Uh, I every time I watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I cannot help but think about it. Yeah, it, it keeps... almost sounds prepared, but I know it's not. <laughs> it almost no, does. No, but that just means, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It almost it's sounds beautifully real. prosaic. It's so real. Yeah. Well, he's casting yeah. himself back to that moment. So I've had a lot of time to think about it. You know, I understand. And some some yeah. some words come unbidden from your lips. You know, I I get it. Uh, Adam, do you think this movie does anything interesting with I the do. multiverse? I had two con. I had just like two things struck me about it. The first is, uh, what's interesting about two universes that merge, which I think you can say, mostly because we go through the tunnel into Toontown, that Toontown actually is a fusing universe with, you know, what we'll call the normal universe, right? Um, is that inevitably we have a problem with like rules, like the two universes don't work the exact same way. And so all movies are trying to figure out like which, which rule set wins, you know, like what, like, uh, which, which Mm -hmm. version of reality is the one that trumps the other, like in a great magic, the gathering card playing sort of way. Um, and what's interesting is they decided the tune universe is the one that, uh, sort of supersedes in terms of reality breaking hours um like basically anytime a tune is involved in a scene the the reality will always cater to the tunes way that matter in physics and uh and you know just every other piece of reality works uh so that way when a human being actually goes into the tune universe they can become fully a tune themselves in terms of physics and everything else. So that's interesting. I kind of want to talk about how to like how do universes sort of uh, trump each other, like their rules. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, the second thing is, I think there's a really obvious, though potentially unintended, metaphor about the multiverse here, which is the tunes are clearly the elite class in this world, insofar as they what? are they are entertainers. Interesting. They are the entertainment. I think of them as slaves. I know. That's what they want you to think, Mike, but they are not that. They are not that because they all work for a large profit in the entertainment industry and they are not bound by the rules of uh, physics or money or food or any of that. The physics thing I see as a huge, of course, like they're immortal. I can see that argument. By the way, we're past the multi map. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, let me let me but finish they aren't my point. Enslaved. Though. They're treated like shit. Well, throughout. that's that. I would argue that's not actually true, uh, for a lot of reasons. They're treated like shit in the sense that they're treated like entertainers, but they also enjoy it. Uh, which you know, I know, sounds like a kind of a dark road. They're not allowed certain places. Like the metaphor is clearly. I think the metaphor is actually the opposite by accident, though. Is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I think because the tunes always dominate every place they're in, in terms of, like the rules always cater to them. They actually are the ruling class of this world. And they're like the obnoxious wherever they go. Correct. Society has to conform Correct. to them. That's exactly. I don't think that's the intent. I don't think it's the intent either. Take. I right, think right. they're accidentally reinforcing Hollywood elitism here. Like that's that funny. that's what's actually happening is that this is a film that sort of says, like, you know, let's have some pity on these poor celebrities who uh, you know, sometimes are subjected to the ridicules and pain of public public perception that they don't deserve. It's a very like status quo arguing movie. Uh, which is really interesting in the sense that it's a noir film, which is almost always a social satire. And this is the exact opposite. 
and so that's kind of interesting because I think what it means in terms of metaverse is, again, because the tune world always dominates the other world, there's a, a way of talking about each universe has a kind of class system. And again, the elites world always dominates and supersedes the lower class. So there's a bit of a classism thing going on here, I would argue. Interesting that Doom mm -hmm. uh, infiltrates human society and becomes mm -hmm. a judge. Uh, okay. But he still right. operates like a tune. His logic is like a tune. His meta, like, I mean, he's so great, right? Like Christopher yeah, Lloyd yeah, kills yeah. it. But he, he is fundamentally <clears throat> a tune in every way, except for he has actual skin. All right. I'm in the middle of saying all of that belongs in the next section. Yeah. Which is called someone help me Verses out. on verses. Yeah. 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 Um, totally find that fascinating. Uh, it is a movie of the kind that I usually go really hard on, which is like, isn't Hollywood magic grand. I mean, it ends with, I mean, from to put a spin on it to support Adam's take, smile, darn you, smile. Like, you know, it's like the Toon world. They get ownership of the world at the end and they invade and tear down the wall. It is a fun t lens. Um, but I will say it's the railroad to Hollywood magic that actually makes me admire Hollywood magic. And I think that's because it's practical effects driven. Like the idea, I think, a lot of people our age may have seen the behind the scenes footage of how they do the complicated sequence where they're washing dishes in handcuffs. Uh, all the bits the are, are very competent Looney Tune bits also, I think, like with strong shadow. game premises. Yeah. yeah. Lights swing and cast shadows. The weasel like gets sprayed with water. Water splashes without a hand there. And they did it with like a series of pipes, you know, getting pushed up and down and spraying when they need to. Uh, it's just really awesome shit, and I won't dig too much into it because every case is like that, where you're like, there's this effect, and they did it, and it was really hard. And you can look into it yourself. But I'm just <clears throat> saying, I think that adds to... I mean, La La Land fulfills that, and I hated that, but maybe it's just because right. I like cartoons. <laughs> but I'm saying, this is one of the few that gets me, even though Adam did successfully pull back the veneer and be like... It still is Hollywood saying, isn't Hollywood great and like brainwashing you into buying more of the product they make. That's all accurate. Like, as I just, you know, said, it's a collaboration between fucking Mickey Mouse is also it. So Disney Warner Brothers, like it's nuts, you know, so it's it's not not a money behemoth. Like when I see the directed by Robert Zemeckis at the end after the triumph of the final moments of this film it really feels like him saying they i did it they trusted me with the money boat i'm the captain of the money boat like i don't know, i just really got that impression this time knowing how the industry works it is a huge flex to direct a movie like this right it's akin to directing the avengers it's like the quaint back in the day version of directing the avengers yeah this feels like the equivalent of being asked to direct a Mel Brooks film or something, right? Like that's such a, I mean, I know that's obviously only Mel Brooks would do that, but like Mel Brooks right. films have this like in, in Hollywood cachet, like they all love them so much. This feels it's like very an inside project. Baseball. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the, I think that's half of the appeal of it. Right. That's why it's a noir film because that's another genre that right. Hollywood likes more than I think the average American movie yeah. audience does. 
Um, but I do think the other half of the appeal is it's competently made. Like the noir yeah, is. is legit. Yeah. They lay the pipe about LA has good public transportation. Now it doesn't. We know that as people sitting in the present and they're like, this is the story of how that all got fucked up. I actually was like, that's a more solid noir plot than I recall. Right. They lay the pi- pipe for a lot of things. Oh, God, oh I boy. opened them up. Oh, boy. But, you know, well, actually, I, I wanted to kind of touch back on what Adam was saying in your reaction to thing about Toontown, because I kind of do agree that it's a metaphor about the unjust creation of a town for like a second class citizen. But I do see your point about how they cater, society caters for them because they're large in life. They're well, gods. Their physics that, beats your physics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But one thing I do think that's important from a Hollywood perspective from a, uh, you know, when you're writing the screenplay is that they went so far and they're so good. If When you really lay down the beats about like Bob Hoskins hatred towards tunes, how like the certain specifics that tunes have to like survive day to day makes us as the audience root for non-humans. And that's a hard thing. Um, and it's the way in which they did it is they did it by showing the plight early in the screenplay. Now, much of that I missed because Rachel and I were doing mostly mouse stuff during all of mm-hmm. Act One. So um, I can't <laughs> speak to stuff. it. Oh, good. Oh, mouse. No. I'm sorry. I thought you said mouse stuff like Mickey stuff. And I was like, what's mouse Mickey? What's Mickey's yeah. thing? man? That was that was Act Two. I see. I got you. I got you. Man, I thought it was interesting because when Mickey and Bugs are falling from the airplane alongside him, telling him he's fucked, right? Um, Bugs Bunny has a character and a bit that's so, like, you know, as every Looney Tune does. It's always striking to me when they try to deploy Mickey in a movie where he's supposed to be actually funny. And it reveals that, I mean, from like a comedic math perspective, Mickey Mouse is nothing. Like, he has the yeah. least substance of any icon I'm aware of that's that big. He doesn't have even a bit. Like, I don't know what his character is. He's just friendly. I think the last time we had right. a personality for Mickey, it was the it was Fantasia. And I feel like they've kind of stuck with that. Like, you know, he he means well, yeah. but he goes too far. That's maybe the thing he does. And otherwise, oh, man, they were guy. yeah too curious for his own good, I guess, is his one bit. They because that's really inoffensive. <laughs> that's true. They were clearly told to push Fantasia, by the yeah, way, absolutely. like Fantasia yeah. just came out. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all time period. Right. Uh, yeah. Another interesting thing about the time what period time. is they're they are kind of doing a uh they are doing some nazi uh stuff in this movie that i is, is not oh yeah well I, oh, dr doom, doom? Yeah. well doom is very clearly inspired inspired by nazi like judge an ss well an, another yeah. interesting thing about it is in the script the dip was called the final solution oh god yes and they but that removed that it's also a funny pun i got to say it's a good <laughs> yes it makes sense yeah it's a solution i'm, I'm kind of wondering if they like didn't want to trace too many of the parallels for it to be, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so they kind of dialed it back, but it's very Mm -hmm. clearly like they were trying to, uh, they were trying to draw the parallels between the the Nazi regime and the tunes, you know? But that's, I agree that that ultimately, like, I'm glad they cut that. What a frivolous. Yeah. The connection is not there. It's not the plight of the Holocaust. No, not at all. By any means. Yeah, let's not bring that into it. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of wink at it a little bit, though. It's an interesting, it's an interesting tactic, you know? As everyone our age has mentioned, uh, Christopher Lloyd as Judge Doom, super scary by like, well, 
you know, if the pendulum swings back and forth, we're getting back to some scary. I'm thinking in the new Puss in Boots and everyone remarked on how genuinely scary the wolf with the hooks is. Um, and it goes back and forth. But this is an example that I know many of my friends cite as like, yeah, Judge Doom was pretty scary for considering the age range that this was aimed at. Pretty fucking grotesque and disturbing. He Good also, job, Christopher Lloyd. Like he also operates in a way that is entirely without rules. Like if there's there if there's one character that is not bound to reality at all, it's him. He Oh god, dude. Yeah, go ahead. He first of all, who does he report to? Nobody. He has almost infinite money. He yeah, has exactly uh he can appear as a tune or not. Uh he has nominated He says himself. Don't worry, the rabbit won't get far, my men will find him. Since when do judges <laughs> get have men. men? Right. Yeah. It's it's like I mean I I know what we're doing is like sort of pointing out plot holes but i actually think it's interesting that in this world of tunes there was a power vacuum that this guy single-handedly sucked up and nobody had anything to say about it and he managed to do it by appearing as as like kind of a bridge between these two classes you know right and taking control of well ultimately um colluding to like build the highway mm -hmm. through toontown Mm -hmm. Uh, and becoming the noir villain. Also, he claims he wants to, this is a quote, like his whole thing. The reason he wants to destroy Toontown, in fact, is to reign in insanity. Like he prefers profit and greed and human, you know, like reality. Uh, but his men are weasels in colorful right. zoot suits. Exactly. And one is literally in a straitjacket and he sends them out. He's literally unleashing insanity. Like, where does he get off anyway? It, yeah, I it, just thought that was hilarious considering that he says, I want to rein in mm-hmm. insanity. Right. Go, so crazy weasel. He's a judge who doesn't do court stuff. He just he just goes around executing people. Goes around executing That's all people. He does. Yeah. Like, and like I people who in this system, we're led to believe our respected actors who appear on TV and stuff. He's like, I'll murder that one. Well, it's kind of interesting to me. Well, and also he murders them for no reason. It's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me that the only punishment that can be executed on a tune is is just utter destruction. And it and it comes yeah. and it comes in a completely arbitrary way. Like either you're full tune and life is great. Or they, or you get killed, and it's completely arbitrary. Why? Well, it because happens. nothing can kill you. So if one thing can kill you, that's all it can do, right? Well, but that's their system of justice. Again, sort of reinforcing the idea, like this is Hollywood justice, right? Like where mm-hmm. you're either sort of beloved because you're part of this class, or very suddenly and somewhat arbitrarily, you're gone, forgotten forever. Mm. You know, uh, I, I, I think that's actually intentional. I really do. I think that that parallel they're making on purpose. Um, do you, hmm, do you think it's about uh, that? I don't know. The golden age of cartoons going away, or is it not that deep? I don't know. I I mean, I think that there's a lot of nods to stuff, you know. Sure. Uh, but I don't know that. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's that deep exactly. Because I want to say there's also other. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right though, because they're bringing in a lot of other like ancillary cartoon types that we forgot about, like Betty Boop classics. Yeah, yeah like Droopy, yeah. like Woody Woodpecker. Like I who mean, are it not is an ode to Hollywood, families. right? 
and and, and nostalgic, yeah. dripping with nostalgia, just in the themes. Right? He misses his dead brother. It was better right. when he was alive. They did like cartoons. The past is better. Uh, there was public transportation in the past. We're comparing that in our minds with traffic jams now. It's mm. highly nostalgic, obviously. It's yeah. kind of like Ready Player One of its era in some ways. Well, it's on the cusp of something new, right? Like it truly is about the worry about the downfall of mm -hmm. the golden era of um, animation and kind of a throwback to those things. And it's much like the worry I had if Rachel Jorgensen was being satisfied by the actions I was doing mm -hmm. that night. Mm -hmm. I was so young and driven by my own lust, but like, what of hers? I remember asking her <laughs> after and she hers? said it was fine. And uh, I remember feeling pride Ouch. in that moment about it really? being fine. From mm. fine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I felt like a real Good. teenage Adonis. Good for you. Uh, it brought me the I'm confidence glad. I needed to bring my sexual game to other women later and leave them satisfied in an adequate way. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Which mm. you have famously done. Yes. So, so famously so adequate. Much. Yeah. Eva person. <laughs> Did you just... Uh, add your name off. to the end of that quote. Yeah, he signed that, off right. on his own quote. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I also wanted to make sure we got into the idea of the implication of uh, all these tunes. So even Looney Tunes itself, right? They had the sheepdog and the wolf who clock out. Um, so the tunes have always played with the idea of winking at the audience. What if tunes are real? What if tunes right. are real, real? Right. Um, but this one introduced the idea... I guess there's a Bugs Bunny that shows the animator, but regardless, in Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit famously says, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way. Uh, so does that mean that the tunes all exist? Like, are there animators in this universe? And I guess there are because the dip is made of acetone, which would dissolve cells. So can humans give life to whenever they want by doodling? Does any doodle that a kid draws on a placemat mm, that, come to life? Yeah. Can they be trapped? Like can Jessica, is Jessica saying that she can have a difference like personality inside than the way she's right. drawn on the outside? Um, like what about spawn the animated series? Is he knocking around? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. a big problem. Could, could you just draw, Whatever Does you want, just Geiger to exploit exists? it. Yeah, could, you know. Could you draw like a sex slave robot, and it goes, "Oh no!" As soon as it comes to life, I just want to know how it all works. Well, and also, yeah, I just want my sex slave cartoon robot. <laughs> they all—it's sort of the plight of the AI, right? Like that. Like that question creates the the AI plot dilemma, where like suddenly the creature we've made takes on a life of its own and and rises up in rebellion, right? Like I, mm -hmm. th that's why Judge Doom exists at all is to prevent that from happening, you know, uh, yeah. because they are clearly more powerful than us. Uh, I don't know the answer. They they scrupulously avoid the implication of animators or studios that created these characters at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they they don't reference it at all, other than like sort of cute. Right. They sort of are implying that uh, these. The, they all sort of punch in and punch out like regular actors might. Right? So right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I accept yeah. that problem. I think it's a I think it's implied. I accept that problem yeah. as being real for sure. Right, right. Interesting. Um only in real insofar as you do the correct thing, obviously you can say it doesn't matter. And it doesn't, but it, unless it's interesting. And I actually do think it's interesting in that case. Um Yeah, but I just think the 
it it's a it it's really a good screenplay to teach you basic screenplay structure and wants and plant payoff. Uh, I appreciate and which is something I also appreciate about Princess Bride. Uh, like the big thing I took away this time that I was like, that's so actually clean and elegant and, and brilliant is that uh, first Eddie hates tunes, obviously. But then the first time Roger and Eddie ever have to work together to resolve an obstacle, it's, of course, when they're hiding from doom in the tavern, the shave and a haircut bit. And uh, he uh, realizes that he can give Roger a drink and make him explode, right? And it's basically Eddie being forced against his will to work with Roger as a cartoon comedy duo for the first time. And that happens several more times, escalating to the fact that at the end, Roger's tied up, and to save him, Eddie has to solo himself <laughs> do an entire cartoon routine so funny that all the bad guys die of laughter. I actually do think that is kind of elegant and brilliant escalation in the sense that it was so smart to tie Roger up, right? It makes sense. It's not complicated, but it's effective and satisfying. Like, oh, he has to be full on cartoon now alone. And it ends with Roger telling him like, wow, you crushed it. And him being pleased by that. Like that's as far as you can go from hating tunes before. And I just, I do like the efficiency of that. Knowing that I just want you to, I just want you to consider if you will, all the people they offered that role to before Bob Hoskins. Oh, he's was so, Oh, good. He's good yeah, at it. I agree. It? He's really good at it. Their first choice was Harrison Ford, uh, who turned it down because it was too exp- They turned him down because he was too expensive. I think Number he could have been grumpy funny. I don't know if he could have done the cartoon. The song the part end. is yeah. the funny part of it. Chevy Chase was their second. That makes sense, but he didn't want to do it. Yeah. DeVito Bill Murray it. didn't take it. Uh, Eddie Murphy passed on it because okay. he misunderstood it. Then here's a list of people that they 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 thought about: Robin Williams, Robert Redford, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Edward James Almos, Wallace Shawn, Ed Harris, Charles Grodin, and Don Lane. All of those. Just imagining any of those people doing that last mm. bit that you just mentioned blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't even yeah. know what that wow. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's How true. You, yeah. My By God. the way, after you fucked Rachel Jorgensen, Abe, did you do yeah. a cartoonish dance to celebrate? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but what you said earlier about uh-huh. being tied up and going solo, oh, God, that does reminisce. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's all we get. Okay. We don't all get right. more details. Yeah. yeah. It was a See, special moment that I'm not going to reveal all of the creepy secrets. implications, which is like... Uh, I yeah, just be. I just love like who drew Judge Doom? What was yeah, he drawn right. to do? Who right. made that cartoon? Was that drawn by like some kid who then had his parents called for like a frank discussion? You know, like right. he's like a fucking Johnny the Homicidal Maniac cartoon. Also, since you never see him, like you only see his eyes and hands as cartoon. I like to think that it's really Christopher Lloyd's skin, and underneath it's Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Oh. Pretty cute. That's cute. Pretty cute. That's really By the way, cute. Tim Curry auditioned for that role and they thought he was too that. scary. Too scary. Too scary. I could see yes. that depending on what point in his career it is, but man, I would have loved that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think Christopher Lloyd is the best part of the movie. Like it, 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 as far as performance. Oh, his performance a, is amazing. Uh, yeah. 
I don't need to argue about it, but yeah. I like Hoskins. I really like. I it. like Hoskins too. Uh, Abe, was your yeah. was your sexual climax <laughs> anything like Roger Rabbit's drinking climax? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. The train whistle. Yeah, I just wanted and, to imagine that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I know that both of you guys were wondering about what happens. Yeah, after what's your O situation? How do you blow your stack? <laughs> Can dude? you get Describe there? Well, it. I won't speak to the O situation, <laughs> but I will say that in All the right. pale quiet of our afterglow, <laughs> breathing deeply, satisfied and confused as the act had ravished our agency. We were powerless to its desire. We laid naked, cuddling, and discussing how we didn't feel different. A boy and a girl, aged 17 years, wondering if we were now man and woman. Would we be able to see people be able to see through our attempts to keep our coupling quiet? Would the nature of our friendship change? Would it affect the friend circle? We were both too scared to consider what we, we could be open with. Maybe we would become boyfriend and girlfriend for all the world to see. But we were ill-equipped and immature, even though our bodies knew it was right. Are you journaling? What yeah, is, is are this? you Fred Savage? In <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is this would Wonder you do? <laughs> um, although you do remind me of two jokes in this way dirtier than I thought there would be. Of course, the Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Who Amazing. I always thought, even as a kid, the thinness of her waist is actually disturbing or like anti-sexy, right. but drawn to be super sexy, obviously. But there's so a, like a magnet for dirty jokes. But there's two where I was like, that's very dirty. If I'm reading that right. One is come on home, Roger. I'll bake you a carrot cake. Like the carrots is dick, right? The cake is her cake. <laughs> I imagine. I, oh, absolutely. I, I, okay. I, ex <laughs> I can accept. Uh, okay. Yeah. The one that, because cake is a new term, I'll give you that. But the one that can't be a stretch is the first time Eddie Valiant, Bob Hoskins, shows that he's attracted to her, even though he's human, right? At the club. She says, Are you dabbling in watercolors, Eddie? Or, like, sorry, the secretary comes in and says, Are you dabbling in watercolors, Eddie? Is, does this not imply that he's making Jessica Rabbit wet? This is the joke. Yeah. I think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the he's joke. He's putting okay, his great. dick. Which is a brush. Which is a brush and making her wet. She's her watercolors. Color. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's turning her from a cartoon into water. Uh, I'll be That's honest with you, I didn't put that together. That one kind of swept right over me. Uh, it's like the so, fingerprints yeah. thing in Animaniacs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly well, right. Well, that's a little more yeah. obvious. Uh, sure. Can I mention some things that are... So one interesting thing about this is that it might be the movie that's like the Kevin Bacon for all universes. Like Roger Rabbit might be the one that's like every universe is linked because of it. Well, this you got movie. Bugs Bunny. That gives you Space Jam. Yes. Space Jam gives you that entire catalog because they're all Correct. in the stadium. Yeah. And it later, and because we have it gives Disney, you wise. we have Marvel and The Simpsons. Yeah. And like, like, yeah. Uh, it's all you unraveling. Know, right. They all, this one actually kind of does make every universe connected. Except that there are very funny omissions from the animation circle that they couldn't get the rights to that are therefore mm. excluded. Uh, things like Popeye, like they couldn't get Popeye. Popeye's Even though the opening universe. cartoon with baby Herman is a Popeye cartoon, like it's the exact premise of Baby's Day Out with Sweet Pea. That's right, but they, but they could not get the actual characters from that. Right. Uh, they couldn't get Felix the Cat. They couldn't get Mighty Mouse. Mm -hmm. uh, and just a few they others. They did get that... a Fleischer, though. Betty Boop. I actually yes. thought it was odd. 
By the way, she has a hilarious bit, I think, which is that she goes like, I still got it. And he goes, sure you do. Like she's pathetic and broken down. <laughs> I think that's very funny. <laughs> you still got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, sorry, I forgot where I was going. But oh, I remember. I actually still find it odd that there's Bugs Bunny and Roger Rabbit. He seems like a, Rog- a Bugs Bunny sound alike. It's weird I, that they both exist. I would not be surprised if the reason that Roger Rabbit I mean, I know there's a book, so but the reason that they decided to stick with Roger Rabbit is because they weren't sure if they could get the rights to Bugs. For like, like this the does feel like role. yeah, the whole movie. It does feel like it would be ideally a Bugs Bunny role in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe that's just my opinion because Roger Rabbit is a more forgettable character than Bugs Bunny to me. Um, well, Hoskins even says the joke, which is a Bugs Bunny reference. Not that that can't. Anyway, um, they're torturing him and they're like, where did where's Roger? And he's like, <laughs> you know, have you checked Cucamonga? <laughs> have you been to uh, Walla Walla's good this time of year? Which are, which is an old Bugs Bunny joke, if you're not familiar. I See, I, maybe I just don't have the uh, proper lexicon to appreciate. I should have taken a left here. at Albuquerque. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Also, Terry Gilliam refused to direct this because he was lazy. <laughs> That's it's what he hard says. to direct. Okay, yeah. I'm going to rattle off just some effects because I didn't want to get bogged down. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Roger, as a cartoon, zooms through a live action window and there's a him-shaped whole Looney Tunes style. Very effective effect. Uh, and they flex when they don't need to. There's a scene where Jessica Rabbit is sultry and talking to Bob Hoskins, and she holds up a live-action mirror to catch Hoskins in the shot, which must have been, like, hanging from wires, I guess. Um, There's the famous bit where Roger smashes plates onto his own head. So the plates lift up into the air and smash, and lift up into the air and smash. Obviously, some kind of machine or contraption. Um, There's the bit where there's, like, a gun from the pickle pickle from the pistol pack and possum poster and in the glass of the poster is reflected the live action gun being held by a cartoon weasel hand. (laughs) Very complicated. And then there's the bit in live action where Eddie Valiant falls out of a building, but his hat stays in place and spins around on a central point like a cartoon, and then his hands reach up from out of frame and grab it. I thought that through a lot, and that's a hard... That's like a cool rig that to feels get like that just shot, a prop too. Hat. Yeah. yeah, a spinning hat. It's really impressive. You know, what, you know what really stood out to critics about, mm. it, about this movie? The opening animation sequence. More than oh, the stunts. Oh, CG. That's right. There's I forgot to even mention, there's a little bit of CG in this, but it was one yeah. of the first. Yeah. That's right. They took them nine months to create that opening cartoon. I remember my dad was blown away. Or like he would re- he read a phantasmagoria spread about it and was like, this is going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny just because like, uh, like that's the thing that when you watch it now is less impressive because we're so used to. The, mm-hmm. the technology they have now. So it's, you know, not as easy to conceive of how hard it is. That's literally every, that's what all the critics were raving about, about that stuff. Right. The human director walks into frame on a fucking cartoon. Right. Like, yeah, this was the right. first time we saw that. And I do think that's worth stating. That's awesome. Like it what is a good. It harkens back to, and you know, it's not really the first time 
there was a really old like 1920s thing i forget what it's called like dinky the dinosaur or some shit Mm -hmm. but there was this thing where a composite live action guy would interact with an animated dinosaur and it would just be like one minute bits and you'd pay two bits to go see it it was the first time for me oh oh Everybody shut up. He's doing it. I mean, I'm ready for ready for his yates. Like well, I was just narratives. saying, you were like it was. It wasn't the first time. It was the first time for me. Is all I'm oh, saying. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, all right. I thought I thought we were gonna get more. Did it take you the length of the whole movie? Like, did the sexual yeah, yeah. encounter last that long? That's a great question. Yeah, the entire movie. Wow, wow dude. Wow. Wow. Yeah. At that with that length, I, I have to imagine ponder. you explored. Like, did things get open minded at all? For your first I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I, I th- we I thought a lot during the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I they thought about that. I thought about how um, it, it's an unlikely pairing, much like the unlikely pairing between Bob Hoskins and Ro- Roger. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt ill-equipped uh, a little bit, yeah. but like you know, me and Rachel. Uh, we traveled in similar circles, yes, but I was a jock and she was a nerd. We didn't have much to talk about. I guess when you're that age, hormones do the talking. It's, and, uh, and, uh, it's really solving and, uh, a Capulet Montague problem. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy. Those, uh, <laughs> those hormonal conversations continued for several months. And then once more, the first summer we both came back from college. Oh, oh, so this was not the last time that now you guys... Now it's a death cab for cutie song and I've okay. lost interest. That's great. Oh, no, I have I have more interest hey, now. And much like, you know, you unlikely pairs do work, you know, case in point, yeah. this movie ends with Bob and Roger uh, kissing over the gooey corpse of their enemy <laughs> That's to, what I'm prove, to prove that they are laughy guys who can have a good time now. Yeah. Which I, this time I was like, this ending is actually crazy. Human cops arrive at the scene. A judge is dead, who they believe to be human up to this point. He's melted. And Bob Hoskins, who's not a cop, he's a private detective, is like, it's all wrapped up, fellas. (laughs) And they're like, okay. It makes me think that the judge never had any real authority because these they're not really allowed to do anything to tunes. Again, like I wonder this, who he really somebody... was. Well, he wasn't a rabbit or a duck or a pussy is all that's said of him. That's right. Uh, Abe, can I ask you just one, you know, uh, <laughs> other question? So, like, now when you watch a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, are like, yeah. what's that experience like? Your you... nips ping. Yeah, no, yeah. Have you caligula no, yourself here? It's it's not the same at all. Okay. Why, why would it be? You're what about right. when you watch I'm Roger weird. Rabbit? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank Did this you. all come flooding back to you when you watched the movie to cover it? Yeah. How was that experience? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. It was, it was, like, it was like a dip hose of memory all over fond you. Fond memories. <laughs> you know, what I did remember is um, after the mm-hmm. the aftermath, you know, mm-hmm. of our teenage rendezvous was that quiet car ride uh, back to her place to drop her off. It was awkward. But not in the way I think we both felt like victims or anything. Just changed, you know. <laughs> kind, of, kind of like what you said with the, uh, the, the our bodies over the goo. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. Of, I think of uh, sometimes in a way isn't losing your virginity like staining. It's gaining your goo. Staining, really. staining anew and looking down at your gooey uh, child corpse. Uh, so we were changed and we didn't know where to go from there. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. were we? Now, where are we? Like, uh, t- 
to have this one type of conversation for the rest of our friendship, that of endless pounding and impressive athleticism. Uh, quieting all aspects of our relationship. Impressive athleticism. Can you can you can you elucidate we're te- that? We're teens. What's we're teens with our uh, with our teenage ed- endurance. Yeah, I couldn't do half the stuff I could do when I was you know that age. Sure. Uh, and so, but I really was thinking since you asked about like yeah. the end of it, you know, uh, would our goofy Rachel and I's goofy conversations about music or art or whatever be just silenced by uh, this new passion? I don't know. We didn't know, and we weren't mature enough to immediately uh, get past it. Much no. like Roger Rabbit, when you believed that Jessica Rabbit was having an affair. Why make a sound when you can make a pound? You know? <laughs> It's interesting. Shut up and interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> think Fascinating. Like, mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you? Uh, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not over I'm the fact done. that you drove her to your house and then drove her home. <laughs> like you didn't. Yeah. Because you didn't well, ask her to yeah, drive she's over. Not welcome. Not welcome. I explained. My yeah. parents were in Moraga, California, mm-hmm. uh, yes. visiting with my aunt and uncle. Right. Limited time window. You know how it is. Yeah. Teen. Better. Better for you, you to do all the driving. Gotta Roger Rabbit. Yeah. 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 I totally yeah. understand. We're el- We're we. we we couldn't just do that kind of thing in public. That's untoward. <laughs> well, those aren't the only <laughs> options, but fair enough. I, I I can accept that. That's fine. What are we gonna just do it out in the street? You fucking monster! <laughs> I don't. God, know. I wish he was telling us about Sorcerer of Gogolblarn or whatever the fuck it was. I got a fe- um. <laughs> I got a feeling that's kind of where this idea started. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you know this movie won a ton of Academy Awards? Oh yeah. Oh well, it should oh, wow. the technical ones at least. Yes. But what else? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So it won okay, editing. Good, good, it won good, sound good. effects. It won visual effects and. They they gave a special achievement award to the director of the animation, which is mm. kind of interesting. Good for him. Zemeckis didn't direct the yeah uh, animation pieces. Well, they're good. They're yeah. very, in, in fact, it has that problem where I think in the first sequence it's over animated, where you're like, this doesn't remind me of Looney Tunes because it is too effortful. <laughs> I mean, not. I call it a problem, but I just noted that I'm like, the opening cartoon looks better than Looney Tunes in a way that actually makes it look different than Looney Tunes, you know? Yeah, I think that it became a sort of problem for the movie that the opening cartoon was such a big deal. Like, that's... that's I agree. It's not that important. It's just... All it is is supposed to introduce you to the hybridization that we're going to enjoy, yeah. It almost would have been nice if it started with a beat before that that established that this is a noir and then cut to cartoon, and you're like, why the fuck are we watching cartoon now? That could have been cool. Right. Also, so I think cartoon violence being real is very funny. Abe and I once were asked to pitch to Hanna-Barbera like Adult Swim-style reinventions of their characters. Uh, We had one that was based on Secret Squirrel called Agent Zero, where the government figures out how to like create cartoons and they send them and to murder them. our enemies because they can't be killed, right? So same joke, but with Adult Swim style humor. Uh, and I fre- oh, and then in Kill Me Now, our movie, we had. I realize we almost ripped this off. I wonder if it's subconscious, but uh, the villain, or I'm sorry, Bob Hoskins gives a monologue that's very similar to our villain about my brother getting crushed by a piano. And I think mm. there was a safe in this case or whatever. I got to say, I think it would have been funny if we cut to a very graphic live action flashback of his brother's head getting like yeah. exploded by a safe in slow motion. Right. 
But obviously, given the time period, it wouldn't make it in. But I wanted it. It feels Mm -hmm. like it could have been like I I certainly subsequent versions of this idea, like that, the happy time murders or whatever, understood that it wanted that we want gruesome out of this. Well, the sheer outrageousness of doing anything you would do to a cartoon to a human and having the realistic consequences is always funny to me. And the movie knows that it actually has a line about that. Right. Like, uh, so I agree but this is like a step on the continuum. I don't think anybody thought you could even make a movie like this before. Right. Yeah. Right? Like that's what's I mean, cool I, about it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's Mary Poppins and stuff, but this definitely sure. feels like a leap forward in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, the interactivity between them. And um, given how there's so much desaturation these days, I really like how they are in love with color on the live action side and bring the live action world closer to a cartoon world. They sort of meet in the middle, and that's definitely a clear aesthetic choice. Reminded me a bit of Little Shop of Horrors, how everything's saturated to a degree where it's almost a heightened reality. Which I don't. I yeah. think it's a cool look. Can I also point out, because I just want to make one one last sort of pitch mm-hmm. about the multiverse here. The Toon world is not a noir world. No, like, that's the joke. It clashes. Well, that's interesting because every version of this idea that we've seen since, and I'm going to go back to the Happy Time Murders, there's one idea. It's Please a, don't. Everything is oh, yeah. a noir. I know, it's a horrible movie. The all Everything is in a noir pastiche. So it's interesting that even though they have all the tropes and certainly uh, Jessica Rabbit is a noir, like a noir character to the hill. And there's a fake out. You thought she was bad. She's good. There's a right. murder. There's a will. Yeah. The, there's disappearing the, ink. The world of the world of the tunes, Toontown is not impacted by the world around it. Like it is its own always sunny world. Right. Like there's never night in that world. Do I remember that correctly? Is there ever a night sequence in it? That's true. And yeah, they only briefly are worried right at the end going, oh, we want the will. Oh, no. And then they get the will within 15 minutes of expressing concern about it, which I made a note of. Like, yeah, the the tunes are not allowed to really be in danger or worried other than the judge killing people with dip. And I think that's why it stands out. He's the only force that can bring stakes to the tune world. Interesting. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think that is why I never felt like the tunes were the victims. I know they were trying to draw on mm-hmm. other tropes, right? Like they're lesser, right. they're lesser citizens, but it just doesn't totally land for me. Well, um, and they totally gloss over. Like, I don't actually understand how Doom would get away with it anyway, because right. his plan was to spray all of Toontown and destroy it. And they're famous. And it's a huge area with thousands of sentient beings. Like his his argument is, quote, who has the time to worry about what happened to some talking mice when they're zooming by at 75 miles an hour? Um, The studios and the courts, the estate of MK Maroon. Like you're fucked, dude. It's a huge. Right. <laughs> you can't actually do that. Your plan is not going to work. They don't anyway. seem to give a shit what he does, though. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like, know. They like, don't. he is just running wild in this <laughs> world. Doom's <laughs> doing what he wants. <laughs> he's, he's doing whatever he wants. Uh, I'm ready to, to decide okay. whether or not we're going to stay in this universe, right? I'll ju- Yeah, I just oh, want to end with oh, three yeah. standout jokes I noticed this time that I'm sure. like, you know, just wow. I just really think those are good jokes, especially considering tapping into cartoon live action, and it's one of the first to do it. Um when he's at the cartoon club and we're trying to establish that he's exasperated with tune logic and uh, the bartender asks if he wants anything, Bob Hoskins says, scotch on the rocks. 
And I mean, ice. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he's ice. really pissed yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, they're so literal. I like when it pans jokes. across a newspaper and the headline is Goofy cleared on spy charges. <laughs> like, Goofy got into some shit, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I like, um, I think the funniest moment in the movie, like, truly top shelf delivery, editing, so good. Uh, classic vaudeville, but like sharp. Uh, is you know they've been the whole danger has been that they're cuffed together and then Roger slips his handcuff yep. out his hand yep, out perfect. of the handcuffs that's not but the perfect is the like the the capper you mean to tell me you could take <laughs> your hand out of that cuff at any time yep. not any time only when it was funny <laughs> <laughs> like, so fucking perfect. obnoxious it's great it's perfect yeah. that line is so good yeah that's so good. Yeah, a classic. Oh, a, yeah, sorry, oh no! There. Speaking of jokes, <laughs> how was your sex? <laughs> or are we done? Uh, I haven't talked to <laughs> Rachel for many years, yeah. but that's just the way I, it goes. Have you talked to your firsts? I doubt it. Or some people are married to their firsts, but yeah, I don't know what Rachel is doing. Probably HR somewhere. HR. Okay. <laughs> Is that based on yeah. anything, or or uh, is that just was how you like to that remember? That the type of person she, she was. She was all, always good with people. Or was she one of the few <laughs> young people who says, "When I grow up, I would want to be in HR. That's what I want. That's my yep. goal." Posted okay. to her Facebook cool. wall right now. When I was growing up, all I wanted to do is HR. Hmm. Signed, Rachel Jorgensen. Hmm. Interesting you so didn't look up her Facebook before this question. Yeah, that you're doing it now. Yeah, she I'm also now. annotates her quotes by saying her own name after things she says. I think you guys are meant for each other. She yeah, got yeah. that from me. She definitely got she from me. Stole, that she's fighting your style, dude. Nice to well, know you had yeah. an impact. Nice yeah. to know it meant yeah, something. Yeah, it is nice to know. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not sexually transmitted. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Well, that would be that would be hilarious. We, shall we decide whether we're going to close the wormhole on this? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, I think uh, the options just for the audience so they remember is uh, we can stay in this universe, we can leave this universe, universe, or we can yeah. fuse them. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, a good quote. Yes, my dearest, it is I. And while I would love to embrace you, first I must satisfy my sense of moral outrage. Uh, I'm going to blend the universes, Scott. Oh, wow. Hybridize. Really? Um, yeah, because I do. I'm a huge fan of animation. As a kid, and I think still a little bit as an adult, I do wish cartoons were real. I do want, I do want cartoons to be real. I love cartoons, so I will take the risks. I feel like... The 40s world just kind of cancels out, right? Because it will age into being my normal world. So I would say hybridizing Earth and the Roger Rabbit movie really just results in cartoons being real. And I, I, I think that would be dope. I see, think it would be cool. See, Not bad. It causes so many problems, but I'm just I'm going to let her rip and see what happens. See, let I'm it, worried rip. that like what you've done if you keep this world is you've created a fallout. Like a Fallout universe where like there was a moment where these two worlds intersected and here we are a hundred years later and it's a, it's an apocalypse of <laughs> like Toon, 
just tune mayhem because they yeah, destroy everything. I don't know everything. how long it can hold itself together. Yeah. Yeah. They destroy <laughs> everything. I, like, I, I just don't. Like, you can't own property in a tune world because what happens if a tune comes in? You can either be a bigot. Right. And not let them in your place, or they're going to destroy everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, they're instinctively destructive. Like yeah. Tweety Bird pulls his fingers off the flagpole and lets him fall off the building because presumably it's a funny bit it's for funny. a cartoon. Yeah. Tweety, you don't know this guy. In fact, if you knew his deal, he's the good guy. <laughs> like, why did you do that? Presumably, that's just what cartoons do. They just fuck with people. Agreed. Yeah. It does yeah. seem to be. And also, <laughs> just my last reason, I just don't want to live in a world where Abe has had sex. Uh, so is, we gotta, okay. we gotta yeah, close that hole. Yeah, we gotta close so that hole. We gotta close yeah. that hole. Yeah. Well, here's close the thing. that Rachel hole. It doesn't yeah. matter because I'd also close this wormhole. It doesn't change that it happens. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so but you're I'm just trying to hit this... it and quit it. You always leave the universe of whoever you. Bone. That's right. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to keep <laughs> this movie forever only as a memory. Okay. It belongs in the past. My immutable yet sexy past. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's never, it doesn't need to come back. I, you know, uh, it's not about hitting it and quitting it. It's just a piece of my storied history, isn't mm. it? You know, I, I'm not feeling a lot of love from you. You, you guys. What kind you know? of love were you, you hoping a, to feel? You had a first sex. Yo, you had a it? first sex. Oh, you wanted it to turn into oh, a conversation you about us to that. Share. No, I didn't need it any. I didn't need any of that. I just, you can sympathize and you understand. I still don't know but what you're asking for you us guys. to I have done. And I don't. I could, but I won't. Yeah. You just not very friendly. This no. whole podcast. That's it's all true. I'm gonna I'm say. Not. So, Abe I guess out. I'm the asshole. Uh, I would have stopped it at a mutable but sexy pass. So let's get out of here. This is already behind the paywall, so you already know about all the bonus things you get at Patreon.com/smallbeans. Um, you can find Abe at all. You can find us all on Twitter. Abe's Abe the Mighty. Uh, Gansers, the real Gans, Gans with a Z, and I'm Swaim underscore Corp. Abe sometimes says what's coming up on the slate, but he's already out, so I think we should just end it. So now we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, Okay, I get to get the hell out of here. Zoop. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.